0: Hello everyone and welcome to the February 22nd edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Fols with Floyd Scarron and Kelly. Let's get started with some financial news. Zenith National Insurance in Woodland Hills has reached a deal with Toronto-based Fairfax who will buy all outstanding shares of Zenith for 1.3 billion dollars in cash. Under the deal Fairfax will pay a share, representing a generous premium of about 31% over last Wednesday's closing stock price. As recently as three years ago, Zenith's shares were changing hands at the $50 range, but they've fallen back since then, trading below $20 in early 2009. Fairfax has had plenty of time to become familiar with Zenith. They made their first investment in Zenith over 10 years ago when they purchased a 25% stake for $184 million. It sold these shares for a profit in 2005, but they have been building a stock position again and already rank as the largest single shareholder. Fairfax is similar to the US investment giant Berkshire Hathaway. Fairfax typically buys insurance companies a stable, predictable business and uses their premium flow to build its investment portfolio. The deal was unanimously approved by Zenith's Board of Directors and is not expected to face significant regulatory hurdles. The deal must be approved by Zenith shareholders and the California Department of Insurance. Zenith's current management under Chief Executive Stanley Zacks will continue to run the company and no changes in the operating philosophy are planned. But it does hope to use the company's expertise to benefit some of its other operas- operations, such as Crum and Forrester, a diversified property, and casualty insurer. States such as California are hoping to raise cash by selling off assets of their state funds, and some states are using their state funds as an ATM but Colorado is actually getting closer to making the first state fund sale. Managers of Pinnacle Assurance offered the state of Colorado $200 million in exchange for greater autonomy in its work comp insurance business. Pinnacle's assets have been close to $2 billion in recent years. The proposal comes as lawmakers are trying to craft a budget for the fiscal year that begins in July. The Colorado budget already faces a $1.3 billion shortfall. The proceeds from separating the quasi-governmental work comp insurance fund from the state could be used to help offset cuts to programs. Any transaction to privatize Pinnacle would need legislative approval. Some state Democrats who learned of the offer said it was too low, and one said it was laughable. In exchange, Pinnacle would remain the state's work comp insurer of last resort but it is asking to be free from some present and proposed state mandates and regulations. And now our fraud report. A 45-year-old woman was sentenced to three years in state prison for violating the terms of her probation after pleading guilty to work comp insurance fraud. Rosalind War pleaded guilty and was put on probation, during which time she was ordered to repay over $118,000 in restitution. War claimed her only source of income during her probation was Social Security benefits, and that her monthly expenses left her without any means to repay her debt. San Bernardino Probation Department discovered that her expenses weren't quite as high as she has stated. A petition was filed seeking to revoke her probation because she had paid less than $200 of this amount back to the insurance company. Warr admitted violating her probation and the court sentenced her to three years in prison. The court also ordered that the $118,000 continue to be collected while she serves her three-year sentence. Richard Johnson pled no contest to one count of grand theft of work comp payments. Detectives from the California Department of Insurance were alerted to the alleged fraud by Avizent's Special Investigations Unit in April 2009. Avizent reported that Johnson advised them that he sustained an injury to his right shoulder while working at California United Terminals as a Class B longshoreman. After the reported injury, Johnson saw a chiropractor who sent him to another doctor where he allegedly lied about the severity of his injury. Avizent processed the claim in accordance with the Longshoremen and Harbor Workers Compensation Act. During an internal Avizent investigation, it was alleged that Johnson lied to Avizent's claim adjusters. Avizent set up surveillance on Johnson and witnessed him using his right shoulder with no apparent difficulty, despite telling several doctors that his arm was too badly injured and was too painful to use. Avacent turned its investigation over to the California Department of Insurance, which confirmed their allegations. The Department of Insurance turned over its criminal investigation to the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Healthcare Fraud Division. In November, the LA District Attorney's Office issued a warrant for his arrest on four counts of work comp insurance fraud. After his no contest plea, he was placed on three years probation, ordered to pay about $21,000 in restitution and performed 200 hours of community service. Companies that pass off employees as independent contractors avoid paying workers' compensation, Social Security, Medicare, and unemployment insurance taxes. One federal study concluded that employers illegally passed off 3.4 million regular workers as contractors. The Labor Department estimates that up to 30 percent of companies misclassify employees. Ohio's Attorney General estimates that his state has over 92,000 misclassified workers, which has cost the state up to $35 million a year in unemployment insurance taxes, up to $103 million in workers' compensation premiums, and up to $223 million in income tax revenue. Among the most often misclassified workers are truck drivers, construction workers, home health aides, and high-tech engineers. State and federal officials agree that misclassified employees is a costly problem that needs to be stopped as soon as possible. Both federal and state officials facing record budget deficits have vowed to aggressively pursue these companies. President Obama's 2010 budget assumes that the federal crackdown will yield at least $7 billion in extra revenue over the next 10 years. Now more than two dozen states including California also have stepped up enforcement often by enacting stricter penalties for misclassifying workers. Employers however deny that they misclassify workers deliberately. The businesses say the lines are unclear between employee and independent contractors. New members have been appointed to the Fraud Assessment Commission for 2010. The commission is comprised of five individuals representing self-insurers, insured employers, and carriers. The president of the State Compensation Insurance Fund is an ex-officio member. John Riggs is newly appointed representing self-insured employers. Since 2003, he has served as manager of workers' compensation for Disney Worldwide Services. Donald Marshall is also a new member representing work comp insurers. Since 2003, he has served as Vice President of the National Anti-Fraud Program for Zenith National Insurance Company. Lisa Middleton was designated by the President of the State Compensation Insurance Fund as the President's designee. She is the Senior Vice President, Internal Affairs, responsible for the Special Investigation Unit, Public Records Office, and Internal Audit Department for the State Fund. Lisa was just elected chair of the commission by unanimous vote. The new members join Lelia Garcia, who was appointed in June of 2007, representing labor, and Giles Smith, who has served as commissioner since 2006, representing insured employers. And now, our medical report. New medical research confirms that men who work in certain occupations continue to be at increased risk of lung cancer. While cigarettes are by far the most important cause of lung cancer, chemicals and other on-the-job hazards play a remarkable role. The study consists of 2,100 people diagnosed with lung cancer and 2,120 healthy individuals matched by age, gender, and residence. Men in occupations of mining, metalworking, and certain types of construction work, which are known cancer risks, were 74% more likely to have been diagnosed with lung cancer. The strongest associations with cancer were seen in ceramic, pottery jobs, brick manufacturing, and those working in manufacturing of non-iron metals. Researchers also found a marked elevated risk for gas station attendants and for people working in leather tanneries, class workers, and welders. Also, a new study published in the journal Pain shows that spinal cord stimulation for work comp patients who still suffer chronic back and leg pain after having back surgery is essentially no better than specialized pain treatment or standard medical treatment. Spinal cord stimulation in which implanted electrodes send small electrical impulses into the spine has been used since the 1960s. However, questions remain about the procedure's risks and long-term effectiveness. There were no prior outcome studies that have included patients on work comp who are known to fare worse with any type of pain treatment. Researchers studied a group of patients with a work comp claim who had persistent low back and leg pain following previous back surgery. They compared the outcomes of 51 people who had at least a trial of spinal cord stimulation to those of 39 people who had underwent evaluations at a pain clinic, 68 of which received neither spinal cord stimulation nor specialized pain treatment. Fewer than 10% of the patients in any of the groups showed notable improvements in leg pain and function or were able to step down from daily use of opioid painkillers. While the spinal cord stimulation group showed slightly better improvements in leg pain and functions at six months, these patients used more opioids than patients in the other two groups. It would be a good practice for UR physicians to make note of these studies when they review quests for authorization for spinal cord stimulation. Evidence-based medical guidelines must show effectiveness of treatment before it can be lawfully required. And now, some political news. Senator Dianne Feinstein announced that she will not run for California governor this year. Feinstein The 76-year-old former San Francisco mayor is one of the state's most popular politicians. This increased the chances that Attorney General Jerry Brown will be the Democratic Party's nominee. Brown visited the California Society of Industrial Medicine and Surgery Convention held in Oakland two years ago and announced that if he were elected governor, he would reverse much of the provisions of SB 899. Thus... The political race for governor will have a profound effect on California workers' compensation. However, the outcome of that election may not be that clear. Republican Meg Whitman is running neck and neck with Attorney General Brown in a California gubernatorial matchup. According to a Rasmussen Report's poll, each candidate drew 43% of voters, Thus, it would seem at this time that the future of California WorkComp as we know it is anything but certain. And in other news, the DWC announced that they have processed 1 million document batches into the electronic adjudication management system known as EAMS. This benchmark was achieved in less than a year and a half since the case management system was activated. The batches contain data transmitted from scanner-ready optical character recognition paper documents. Each batch can contain any number of documents, ranging from one or two for a simple lien to maybe dozens for complex settlements. Documents that are not successfully processed go into the unprocessed document queue, or UDQ, and are examined for errors. This causes delays in getting documents into the system and also requires more staff involvement. As the processing has become more efficient, the number of documents going into the UDQ has gone down. That's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports by using your iPhone or your iPod by searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes store. Again, I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Scarron and Kelly. Thanks for joining us, and please visit us again next week for more news.